0: This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. Olivia Juliana, welcome to Against All Enemies. Our Burn the Boats interview crushed it. I think we're approaching 600,000 views. Uh, so I wanted to get you on this show because there's so much ground we did not cover. And you're kind of like our, our Gen Z whisperer here. So you're ready to go?
1: Absolutely.
0: I am looking at these Gen Z extremist groups like Patriot Front, which is kind of out front. And it just baffles me the attraction of young men being drawn into those organizations. Not to put you on the spot, I'd be shocked if you actually know any of these folks. But can you give us any insight into the kinds of appeals that are made on, on social media and in other chat rooms that draw these young people in to really awful groups that are Going to lose them friends, right?
1: Yeah, you know, actually, um, I I do have quite a bit of personal experience with this. You know, I talk a lot about growing up in a conservative household. And when I was young, probably 13, 14 years old, uh, I myself kind of fell down this alt right pipeline just on YouTube and social media of, you know, seeing videos, and it starts with, it starts with the, uh, you know, uh, social justice warrior gets triggered. And then you go from that. And when you keep watching, you keep interacting with this kind of content. Uh, and a couple of months, that's when you have young men in particular, but young women as well, falling into extremist, fascist content, and they've kind of been Uh, Their tolerance to it has been built up, starting off with these very simple, basic videos that are usually just about women being disrespected. And then it leads down this pipeline that's really built on misogyny and white supremacy.
0: I want to dive deeper into that because it seems like cruelty is the point. It's the glue that holds these communities together, which is so very different than the communities that rallied around, for example, my campaign years ago, but more recently your campaign to, to defend women's rights, to protect the most vulnerable. Why do these extremist groups intentionally target the weakest in our society?
1: i think it's it's based around cruelty, but I also think it's deeply based around insecurity and I think that a lot of the people who are the most entrenched in these ideologies are deeply, deeply insecure uh, individuals and I think that that's especially why we see so many young men falling prey to these ideologies is because You know, they're coming up in a time where they've been told consistently, like, to be a man, you have to be a specific way, you have to look a certain way, you have to be the provider, and all these false expectations that are placed onto men by other men have led them to have this deep insecurity and this uh, drive to fulfill these really pointless societal standards. And I think that that's why they're so extreme in this, is it's based largely out of insecurity and fear.
0: I don't want to get overly Freudian here, but your analysis seems to apply really well to leading Republican politicians. People at the height of their political power also seem to be acting out of such a, a deep rooted insecurity. I think about Ron DeSantis trying to make himself look taller. Ted Cruz and the beard—nothing wrong with it, but we all know the machismo that he wears in a state like Texas to try to live up to a manufactured ideal. Are you seeing that as well?
1: Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, as a woman in politics, a plus-size woman at that. Uh, you know, I've been ridiculed for my appearance my entire career. It's one of the, the number one tactics that people use when coming out against me. Uh, I mean, you know, namely like Matt Gaetz, like we have talked about. But when the shoe is on the other foot, and I look at these uh, Republican politicians, specifically, the men, it is a lot of those standards. It's the wearing lifts. It's the wearing makeup, which Ron DeSantis, in my opinion, is consistently wearing makeup. Uh, It's the, you know, spray tans that Donald Trump gets. And there's nothing wrong with these things. It's about the projection of them judging others for caring about their appearance when they themselves seem to be deeply insecure with their own. I mean, Ted Cruz, like I remember in 2016, was brutally, brutally mocked for his appearance. And now he looks completely different. And, uh, you know, I think the person who's been the most ridiculed by his own party about this is Chris Christie. I mean, he's consistently been attacked, and I think in large part it's just due to this toxic masculinity idea that they've kept putting forward.
0: Uh, Were you the one, and again, nothing wrong with it, but uh, you have a sense of humor in the way you approach these things, were you the one giving Ron DeSantis makeup tips on Twitter?
1: I 100% was. He's been, from my opinion, I think he's been wearing a full coverage foundation. And he does not need a full coverage foundation, especially with that Florida humidity. He needs a BB cream. So, Ron, if you see this, get a new makeup artist.
0: All right. Let's get serious for a minute. Because when he, when we talk about targeting the most vulnerable in society, no one really does it more cruelly than... Ron DeSantis. I am sure you saw the incredibly homophobic ad that he retweeted that an allied organization put together. We've covered it on this show. How do you explain somebody who's supposed to be that sophisticated, that mature as a politician, really devolving to the same kinds of trigger the libs tactics that you experienced as a teenager in a small Texas town?
1: Yeah, I think he has bad consultants. I mean, bottom line, I think that's what it is. I think that this is a man who Uh, is largely insecure. I think this is a man who deeply wants to be in a large position of power, uh, and he just doesn't have the political skill or the charisma to do that with his own personality, so he has to fall back on these tactics that children use when bullying people on the school bus. Uh, And, uh, you know, that's not just me having a distaste for Ron DeSantis. That's donors having a distaste for Ron DeSantis, and that's voters having a distaste for him too. The polling shows the more people see and hear Ron DeSantis – The less they like him, the less they want to vote for him, the less they want to support him. Uh, And so I think that it's just a failing tactic that's not going to get him anywhere. Uh, And it's certainly not going to get him the nomination.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right when it comes to most voters, certainly the general election. But what effect do these tactics have on those on the fringes, on the extremists? Does this kind of violent rhetoric, though it may, lead to a backlash amongst the general population. Does it have an empowering effect for for those looking for the, the signals and the code words and, you know, to point to the most egregious example on a presidential debate stage, Trump telling an extremist group to stand by?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, and I think that that's kind of also part of the reason why we continue to see them get more and more angry and rattled is because they see these tactics and they see these men in positions of power behaving in this manner. And they think, oh, well, look at, you know, look at Ron DeSantis. He's the governor of Florida. He's running for president and he can do this and I can act this way, but it doesn't pan out that way. Like Ron DeSantis is not going to be president. And when that doesn't happen, they're going to say, oh, it's because, you know, he was speaking truth or it's because he was doing that. When the reality is, it's just because general public doesn't agree with these things. And so I think, honestly, it just emboldens these people even more because it makes them feel like they're outsiders. It makes them feel like they're different and special. Uh, and I honestly think that that is a huge travesty.
0: How do most of your friends feel about these groups, uh, the the Gen Z extremist groups like Patriot Front um, that 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 claim to be defending the the white race against the onslaught of socialism and majority-minority uh, majority, rule and what's coming.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, the majority of my friends are a lot like me. They work in politics at, you know, a very young age. And honestly, you know, we look at it and we kind of roll our eyes and we kind of scoff because the reality is they are bringing in people who get angry at online or who protest at these events. But in terms of electoral power, it's not working. You know, there have been hundreds of millions of dollars pumped into groups like this with the sole purpose of trying to engage young Republican voters. and it has not worked. It has not panned out. Uh, and I, I think it's it's a failing strategy on that end because they've told them for years and years, you know, these elections are stolen, these elections are rigged to the point now where these demographics of people that they have been targeting are not coming out to vote they're not coming out to support these Republican politicians who are dog whistling to them so frequently. And honestly, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's um, a taste of their own medicine, you know, they've, they've poisoned the well that they drink from and they're going to have to deal with the consequences of that. And so, you know, for me and my friends, when we look at this uh, we think it's sad and we think that it's disappointing to see, you know, people in our age group agreeing with things like this, but we also think that it's embarrassing uh, you know, to be at our age in a time when information and technology is so handily available to have such misinformed and uneducated opinions on such simple issues or even complicated issues, it's honestly really embarrassing.
0: We keep a pretty good eye at Against All Enemies on some of these far right groups that span the, the demographic range. Uh, all the way down to the the Gen Z organizations. Are there any that uh, that we might be missing? Any any groups uh, that that you are worried about in terms of their activism, their strategy for reaching young people?
1: Yeah, I am. You know, and it's not even organizations outside. It's honest to God. It's these county Republican parties in Southern states. You know, I've watched here in Texas as the Texas GOP uh, has a chairman, his name is Matt Rinaldi, who is a right-wing extremist, as the Texas GOP has adopted a platform that says, you know, uh, uh, homosexuality is an abomination. That's their official platform. And now you have these county parties that are organizing by county who are saying that Ken Paxton should not be impeached or investigated uh and these are you know rural organizing grassroots organizing has been you know the salt of uh, texas politics and southern politics for so long and now these little county parties are becoming you know fringe groups of their own and i think that that is deeply concerning because that means that it is seeping even more so into mainstream politics
0: remind us how corrupt who ken paxton is how corrupt he is and how corrupt you have to be to not want to hold him accountable.
1: I mean, how, how long is the show? You know, how long have he got? Uh, that's that's the kind of record that Ken Paxton is. He is the, the attorney general, or as of right now, he's been sidelined because he was the attorney general of Texas and he is uh, he was impeached. Uh, it was voted in the Texas House for him to be impeached as a pending investigation of the Texas Senate uh, because of bribery, corruption. He's been indicted almost the entire time. He's been attorney general, uh, and he just generally is one of the most corrupt politicians in, I would argue, the entire country who has made his name off of stripping people of their rights. And he's so disliked and so corrupt, in fact, that the Republican speaker of the Texas House, who routinely abstains from voting, uh, voted for impeachment. And not only that, but another lawmaker whose name is Briscoe Kane who is known as one of the most conservative state lawmakers in the state, who has been the face of anti-LGBTQ+, anti-abortion legislation. Even Briscoe Cain voted for impeachment of Ken Paxton. So that is how corrupt of an attorney general and a politician Ken Paxton has been. So the fact that we have uh, the chairman of the Republican Party in Texas, and we have county parties saying this impeachment should not happen when there are claims that things that have happened concern taxpayer dollars is deeply disturbing.
0: What can we do to push back? And please use this as an opportunity to plug lose Crews and anything else you're working on.
1: Absolutely, uh, you know, support loose Cruz. Our sole mission is to get Ted Cruz out of office in this upcoming election cycle, uh, and also just support, you know, support local grassroots organizing. Get involved in your state's party. Uh, a lot of times, I think that uh, people forget that the most change starts in your own community, and you don't have to do big, big things to make a big, big difference. You can start small. Uh, so, get involved in your area. Grassroots organizing is the salt of politics and push back against these things publicly. Make these people uncomfortable being this outwardly hateful in public.
0: Well, that's the whole point of Against All Enemies. Thanks so much, uh, Olivia. We'd love to have you back soon.
1: Absolutely.